Welcome to today's episode where Bonnie Roney, fellow dietitian boss, is the guest host. She'll be interviewing fellow dietitian bosses all around the world and inspiring you to take action and turn your business into a six-figure business starting from scratch. Welcome, Marissa. I'm so excited to chat with you today. Thanks. Me too. I'm really excited to share my story. Yeah, definitely. So can you tell the listeners a little bit more about where you started with your private practice and where you are now? Yeah, so I'm still a student. I'm a dietetic intern. So before I started working with Libby, I wasn't taking any clients. I thought I was very unqualified to do nutrition coaching, even though I already had five years of school behind me and internship hours. I just didn't I had that like imposter syndrome. I felt like I had to wait until I got Mm -hmm. those RD credentials. But through a phone call with Libby, she helped me realize that I don't have to wait. I am a nutritionist with more knowledge than other nutritionists out there on social media. So I should start spreading my message and growing my audience now and that there's no reason to wait. And Mm -hmm. now since starting, my Instagram is growing. I'm seeing clients and I'm still not an RD. And I just started selling a three-month package program, and I already have one client in that. So even though I'm still a dietetic intern, it's crazy to think that I'm already starting to do the things that I only dreamed of doing once I became a dietitian. Yeah, that's amazing. And I love your reflection and how you've identified that, yes, while you may not be a dietitian yet, you still have all of that schooling behind you, and you have so much education behind you that supports what you do now which is a lot more than others out there doing, you know, similar things as you. So I think that it's great that you overcame that imposter syndrome and went ahead and and got started. So as a dietetic intern, what is it like growing your business in this stage of your life? It's really interesting. I like you said with imposter syndrome. I have to battle imposter syndrome all the time because I'm surrounded by amazing dietitians on Instagram with a very similar message, <laughs> but I have to remind myself that the only thing standing between me and them is the RD exam and the RD exam has nothing to do with my nutrition philosophy. So mm-hmm. really my own knowledge and personal research on intuitive eating and health at every size is all I needed to be able to do the work that I want to do. So I just have to keep reminding myself that I have what it takes to do the coaching that I want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that it's great that you know that and you can own that. And so you mentioned that there's other dietitians out there doing what you're doing and you briefly said that you do intuitive eating and focus on health at every size. So can you tell us a little bit more about your nutrition philosophy? Yeah, so I approach nutrition from the principles of intuitive eating. I help clients ditch dieting and find food freedom. So I consider myself a non-diet nutritionist, meaning I don't Mm -hmm. promote any sort of diet. And I try to help others reconnect with their body so that they can find healthful behaviors that work for them that are easy to maintain forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that that's wonderful. That's a great niche to have. And is this what you always knew you wanted to do? Is this kind of where you started out? It's evolved in different ways. So I started with just general intuitive eating. I wanted people to ditch dieting. But my current niche is now more specific with I help women who struggle with binge eating. Mm-hmm. 
I help them heal their relationship with food in their body and heal their binge restrict cycle. So I started around this niche, but it wasn't so specific. So I, before I started my coaching, I discovered intuitive eating and ditching diets through my own journey. And I just wanted to do that. And so Libby's coaching really helped me narrow it down even more so that I was specific with my content and what I'm posting and who exactly I'm posting to. So my ideal client, I have a very clear image of who that is. Yeah, I think that's wonderful. And in the intuitive eating food freedom space, while it is, you know, similar, there are a lot of different people in there. So I think that it's great that you're able to even further niche down in that space and focus on those who struggle with the binge eating. So it's nice to hear that your niche has evolved over time. Have you found any success by getting more specific with your target market? Yeah, definitely. So at first I was getting DMs from anybody who was struggling with just wanting to stop dieting. And then a lot of times they weren't really aligning with what my principles were. And I Mm -hmm. found that by really saying the word like binge eating, like let's stop binge eating. Oh, here's what to do after a binge. And I I talk about that specific problem. I'm getting more of my exact ideal client of the the specific like specialty that I like to work with and that I feel the most comfortable working with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that's one of the most exciting parts about being a private practice business owner is that we really can choose who we want to work with. So it's just a nice plus of kind of doing your own thing. You know, you can choose what kind of clients that you want to have. And just by the way you market yourself online through social media, just like you mentioned, it really helps to uh, speak more clearly to who you actually want to work with. So considering that you've made this evolution in your business and you're kind of talking more to those who struggle with binge eating, can you talk about how you promote to this ideal client and kind of how you work to promote your own services through Instagram? Yeah. So I promote solely on Instagram. I'm also now on TikTok, but that's less to promote (laughs) my business. Right now it's more just for fun and to promote my message. It is really Uh fun. And I think at first I thought I needed to do a lot. I thought I needed to do paid Facebook ads and have a Facebook group and have a website and promote on Mm -hmm. multiple platforms. I used to do YouTube. And so I I thought I need to get back into YouTube. That's where I need to be. And I was just all over the place with all of these big general ideas of what I needed to do to market. But then I found that just focusing on one, which I wasn't even best at Instagram, but just focusing on Instagram and learning I actually drew in more traffic and sales calls. And so I think focusing on one is the best place to start. And I think the hardest part about the promotion has been, like you said, narrowing down and niching down, being very specific is super helpful to market yourself. But I struggled with that at first because I wanted to help everybody you know, I want to help people who are binge eating, but I also want to help people who aren't mm-hmm. binge eating. They're just stuck in crazy yo-yo diets, losing lots of money to these diet companies. I just want to help people who have an unhealthy relationship with exercise, kind of heal that and find a way to, to live intuitively in other ways. I want to help everybody. 
But if you focus so generally, I found people, people will go to the people who are more specific. So Mm -hmm. say somebody with binge eating comes to my page and sees very general advice. That's great. But then they'll see someone else who's specific binge eating and they'll be like, oh, but that's who I want to work with because I know they're specializing in kind of what I'm struggling with. And so I think you can get lost in the crowd if you aren't specific. So Mm -hmm. definitely getting more specific with my promoting was one of the hardest things, but definitely one of the best things that I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a great reflection. And then I also think it's great that you reflected and saw that by trying to get on too many platforms at one time, you would have been kind of spread too thin if you were on YouTube and doing Facebook ads and doing Instagram and TikTok and you know, all of the social media platforms out there, it would have been quite a lot. So it's great to hear that you've been able to use Instagram and you've been able to leverage it um, to promote your services and make sales, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely been exciting to see how I can get clients just from Instagram. And Instagram mm-hmm. is free. And there's so many mm-hmm. other aspects of marketing that are paid, such as paid Facebook ads or even paid Instagram ads, but I don't pay for anything and I'm working with people. So that was kind of a big realization for me was that I don't Mm -hmm. need to spend all this money on marketing. I can just market right here with something that's at my fingertips and at everyone else's fingertips Mm -hmm. every single day. Yeah, that is the beauty of Instagram for sure. Mm -hmm. So being that you have made sales, how do you, how is your process to enroll clients? So at first I was just doing DMs. So I would say DM me if you want to learn about my coaching or DM Mm -hmm. me if you want a free 30 minute call. Um, But DMs can get tricky because if I don't reply right away because I'm doing something, then I can kind of get lost in their mind. They might not, Mm -hmm. they might reconsider. So now I have a Google form and this also gives me a place to put a link in my bio. So Mm -hmm. I use Google forms as of right now and I just have a quick questionnaire about what are their current struggles? How willing are they to make a commitment to change right now? And then I just ask for like their email and phone number and then the best day of the week to contact them. And then I confirm through a follow-up email from that what time to do the call. It's still a little bit tricky for me. I'm looking into other scheduling avenues because this is manual and I would love something that's just more automatic Mm -hmm. and it goes to my schedule. So I'm still exploring that. But as of right now, the Google form is really nice because I do get a little snippet into what they're struggling with. And that kind of helps prompt that sales call because then we Mm -hmm. start there. Yeah, I think that it's great. And I would agree with what you say that when people DM you and they're looking for help, um, they're kind of like hot off the press. They want help and they want a response right away. And if you can't give that to them, sometimes that excitement kind of goes away. So it's nice that you looked at that and you made adjustments from there because obviously it's not realistic to just look at your DMs 24-7 and respond when someone DMs you. So it's great that you reflected and you made an adjustment there to start using Google Forms and get an application in place. And even though you don't have a fancy scheduling system, you're still making it work. And that's what I think is a really nice takeaway for anyone listening to hear is that you don't need to have all of your systems set up. You don't need to have a website. You don't need a client management system. You don't need Facebook ads. All you need is to show up on Instagram and do what you can in the moment and just show your face. And by doing that, just like Marissa has, that's enough to help you get clients. And then over time, the rest will come. 
Yeah, I think that's super important and something I needed to hear early on was just start small. Why do you Mm -hmm. have to have everything? If you're not even seeing clients, why do you have to have it all in place? Like just start, just see one client, just Mm -hmm. ask for people to DM you. It can be so simple at first. And then as you grow, that's when you can expand and make things a little bit more efficient but you don't need to be efficient if you're not even making one sale. So yeah. being simple is definitely the best place to start and, and grow from there. Cause you learn a lot from starting simple as well. Absolutely. And just like Libby always preaches how she says that marketing should come first and then everything follows. I'm a firm and true believer that that is true because if you're not marketing and you don't have interest in your program, then you know, you have some more issues to kind of work through there. So marketing, I do believe should always come first. And then once you start enrolling clients and you're making sales, then the rest, I would say it's more of an appropriate time to look at everything else. Right. And being that you have enrolled clients, what would you say has been easy about that process? And what has been harder than you expected? So what's been easy about it has been that I people will just come to me and and like, it's not like I'm getting floods of DMS. I don't want people to think that like I just started and now I'm getting like hundreds of DMS to coach, but it really is that simple. People just DM me and say, Hey, tell me more. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of been the easiest part. The hardest part has definitely been the sales calls because I'm not a salesman and I feel uncomfortable (laughs) talking finances with people because it is a very, Mm -hmm. you know, vulnerable topic. And so that is something that I'm still working on, but it gets easier the more you do it. So Mm -hmm. that consistency is key of just practicing. So even if you get on a sales call and you don't think it went well, I just always try to remind myself, well, that was a learning experience. I learned something from that, even though I don't think it went the way I wanted it to go. Now I know what to do to make it better. So I'm I'm constantly learning through this process and it's never perfect. And Mm -hmm. I just kind of look at every bump in the road as a learning experience. Mm -hmm. Those are great reframes and a great way to keep your mindset strong and use every experience just to help you grow and to help you become a better business owner. And can you just share with us? I know that you explained earlier how you use Instagram to market to your ideal client, but Can you walk us through your experience with how you've used social media to grow your business and evolve? Definitely. So I think I at first was using social media for things that I wanted to post, but I realized Mm -hmm. that when you post for your client, things change. And so really marketing to your client is the big difference. It's Mm -hmm. what really made a difference in my feed and what has helped my business grow. Um, And then just my experience of using social media is that everyone's on it. (laughs) And so you don't, like I said before, you don't need all these big fancy things, a website, marketing ads or anything like that. Like social media is so simple and you can engage with people. So you can actually talk to your ideal client Mm -hmm. and get more information from them just from a simple DM or what they comment on your photos. Or if you see that your photos are getting traffic from a specific hashtag that you use, like it's just, you learn so much from what you post Mm -hmm. and how your clients respond to that. So I think that that has definitely helped with my marketing because I'm able to really see what works 
and what doesn't work and try to replicate the things that do work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that's great. And always looking at what works out well and repeating that and maybe that what doesn't work out so well, moving away from that some. And you said that you do a lot of this and you leverage your business through your posts on Instagram. So when you started out, what did your Instagram feed look at look like? And how does it look now that you've evolved over time? Yeah. So when I started out, I was posting like my personal life. <laughs> I, <laughs> even though I have a personal Instagram and I have this business Instagram, even on my business Instagram, I was still posting like my day in the life as an intern, what I was working on in school, posting photos of my travel, things like that. And even if the caption was related to my message, it wasn't clear. And so now I think my message is getting more clear and I'm still learning and trying to figure out exactly what kind of pinches a nerve in my ideal client to reach out to me. I'm trying to see exactly what it is that they see that makes them want to click on my website and makes them want to apply for a discovery Mm -hmm. call. So it's, it's still evolving, but now I think if you go to my feed and you look at it, it's clear. It's clear what's going on. It's clear who I am and it's clear who I'm marketing to. And if my ideal client clicks on my page, it should hook them and keep them in and have them hit follow or have them DM me or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I think what, what the biggest change has been is that now I'm focusing on what my clients want and not what I want to post because it's not about me. It's about my client. And that was kind of the biggest, a huge <laughs> eye opener to me because what I think looks good or what I think is going to market isn't always right. Mm -hmm. My clients will tell me based on likes and engagement on those posts. And so I just try to, to really listen to my ideal client in that way. Yeah, I think that's great. And I think that sometimes it can be a little tricky at first understanding, you know, what your ideal client wants to see and making sure that you are clear enough. I feel like that's something that over time is learned as a business owner. But I find that there's always ways to get even more clear. And by identifying what about your content causes your ideal client to click and apply for a discovery call, what causes you to gain followers, things like that, those are great indicators of your clarity and you know what you could use to create more of. So I think it's great that you do all of that. And with your Instagram content and with how clear you are, do you have any process for creating those posts? Yes. Yeah, so I created my ideal client. So I created a woman who like exactly one woman. And this is who Mm -hmm. I think about when I create my content. And she's in her young 20s. She has been on every single diet in the book through high school and college. She just graduated. And now she's struggling with that rebound binge from restriction. Mm -hmm. And she's just looking to give this up. She's like, I'm sick of this. I just want to be able to live my life. So I have her in my mind when I'm creating my posts. And so I try to post something that will help her struggle. So I think of what she's struggling with, which is binge eating. How can I solve that problem? And so I show her with my posts how I can get her from A to B. So Mm -hmm. your problem is A. Well, B is what I can give you with my coaching. B is what I work on with people. And if they resonate with that end point, and they're like, that's what I want. So I have to work with her and I want, cause I want to get to that. And so, um, I try to just use their, sh- her struggle, specifically my one ideal client that I have mm-hmm. in my head, her struggle and solve her problems. And then like how I create it, I just use my iPhone. I take photos on my iPhone 
and I use my Apple watch to hit the button <laughs> to take the picture using timer. <laughs> and then I use Lightroom to edit filters. And then I put it in Canva and Canva is free. You don't need to get the paid version. There's tons of free fonts. There's tons of free images you can put in there. Mm -hmm. You can do anything on Canva for free. So yeah, it's just a really simple process of creating the images, but I really try to dig deep into who my client is and what they want to see in order to actually curate the image that I'm going to post. I love it. So it sounds like you keep your ideal client's pain point in mind while also showing them the outcome that they can get through working with you, which is key, showing that outcome and how choosing you as a registered dietitian to help them work through their pains um, and painting that picture for them on your Instagram account. And I also love that you just use your iPhone and all of the free tools that are available. So this is another piece of proof to show that you don't need a fancy camera or fancy software to create Instagram content. Um, you can market your business off your phone and create all of the content that you need to just off of your iPhone. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. And just, it's that simple. And when I was first starting, like if we go back to where it was then and where it was now, I was posting photos from my more professional camera on my trips mm -hmm. or when I'm doing things at home. And I had, you know, a hundred and some followers and followers aren't everything, but it does show your growth. And mm -hmm. so I had like a hundred and some, and then now I have like 550 or some, and I've only been doing this since March and mm -hmm. it's May. So just showing how even just simplifying things has grown my page. Like it doesn't need to be fancy and have all these different edits and craziness to it. It can be so simple. And as long as it resonates with your ideal client, that is all that matters. Absolutely. Great reflections and great things to make note of. So do you have any tips for the listeners on how they can effectively build this no like and trust factor that you've done such a great job with? Get on Instagram stories and show your <laughs> face. It is so important. I And I don't just mean photos. I don't just mean a boomerang. I mean, mm -hmm. tell stories on your, on your stories and connect with your audience and relate to them. You know, I don't think you always have to exactly be going through what your ideal client is struggling with. But if you have struggled with that in the past and you've gotten through it, I think showing that vulnerability that you also kind of healed your relationship with food, you also went through the struggle of not knowing what diet to start next. And now look at where you are. So I think really getting vulnerable is so important and being real, just telling your story, speaking in your story in an authentic way is one of the best things you can do. And I always put captions on the stories with what I'm saying, just in case someone's just skipping through because, you know, you might be in sitting in a waiting room and you're just looking through stories. So being able to also read what you're saying is important. So making sure you mm -hmm. add little captions of the gist of what it is you're talking about is important, but mm -hmm. definitely showing your face on your story. People want to work with a person, not an Instagram feed. So mm -hmm. I think that's one of the best things you can do. Absolutely. I could not agree more about the stories. And I agree that when we, you see a dietitian on Instagram through posts, it is helpful, but you really get to know them as a person when you see them talk on Instagram stories and of course relate their message. So just like you said, it doesn't have to be 
exactly what your ideal client struggled with. But as long as you can relate something in some way, shape or form, that's going to help build that no like and trust factor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so what advice would you have, Marissa, for someone who is just starting out? Just start. (laughs) Really just start. Because what are you waiting for? The second you start, you're going to start learning. I had no idea what I was doing when I changed my Instagram bio to say DM me for coaching. I was like, what coaching? What am I doing? I don't know. (laughs) I had never, ever coached anyone before. And then I got my first client. I think I got, yeah, I got two clients within two days of changing my bio and then posting in my story that I was now accepting coaching clients. And I had maybe 150 followers on Instagram. So people are there. You don't need a million followers. As long as the followers that you do have want what it is you're selling. And so I, I just started and I've learned so much just through every single discovery call, every single DM, every single comment interaction on my page, and then every single coaching call. I'm constantly evolving and learning. And so just start there. That's the best thing you can do. I agree. And just like you said, you don't have to have everything figured out. You don't have to have a coaching program sorted out. Um, that will all come with time. So I think yeah, that I think I, I think that I focused so much on where I wanted to be because I mm-hmm. eventually want to have a group coaching program. So I was like, well, I have to do this and I have to do this. And I, and I just mm-hmm. made all these steps up in my head that I had to do first before I start that group coaching program. And I was like, well, what are the steps to get to a group coaching program? Well, maybe it's seeing one-on-one clients first. Okay, let's start there. So giving yourself, you know, you can have your long-term goals, but giving yourself smaller goals that to reach it's like the stairs that get you to the, your main goal. I mm-hmm. think that's super important so that you can focus on the small things because that's what's going to get you where you ultimately want to be. Yeah, definitely. That's a great way to look at it and focusing on what you can do now. Sometimes I think when we live in the future, that can feel a little bit anxiety provoking and overwhelming, but focusing on those small steps that help get you to the big goal, that's what really does matter. So I love that you're looking at your process that way and focusing on what you need to do now to get to where you want to be with your group coaching program and all of that jazz. So with that being said, what is next for you in your business? Oh man. Um, Well, I just launched my first package. So originally I was selling just like one off one to one coaching Mm -hmm. things, but I found that I was rushing through the steps with my clients. I was trying to rush and give them all the information in one session. So I just created a three month package where they get Zoom calls with me every other week. And then they get in between email support. And through that, I have sold two already. (laughs) And so they get three months of coaching with me. And so after this, I think I want to start figuring out how to create a small group program. So that way people who maybe can't afford the one-to-ones with me can maybe Mm -hmm. get something out of a small group program with me. Awesome. I love it. Well, thank you so much for sharing all about your business, Marissa, and how you have become a dietitian boss. Yeah, thank you. Almost a dietitian boss. Dietetic (laughs) intern boss, but (laughs) to be registered dietitian this summer. So yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I love talking about my story and I hope that I inspired somebody listening. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Marissa. If you identify as a female dietitian or student, apply to my coaching program. 
I'm accepting applications now. My clients go from zero to exceeding their sales goals. I save you time, energy, and I show you how to confidently become a dietitian boss. Thousands of your colleagues from around the world are doing it, and so can you. Apply on my website at LibbyRothschild.com and check the show notes if you want that link right away.